another week has rolled by, friends, and it's time for me to welcome you again to Sabbath Moons, your one hour of inspirational music and message from the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Rockingham, Western Australia. My name is Erickson Fabian. I'm the pastor of Rockingham, and I'm delighted, as usual, that you have tuned in today. Thank you for doing so, and welcome again. Today I'm going to share with you an important message called Stop Limping. That's right, Stop Limping. Uh, you want to know what that's all about? Well, stay tuned until the very end. And may God bless you as you do. Have you ever found yourself caught between two important decisions, not knowing which way to go? Now you're here, now you're there, wavering, alternating, vacillating, undecided. One Bible writer talks about being in the valley of decision. Well, have you ever been like that? Well, in today's message, one of God's prophets named Elijah tells his listeners that it's time to make up their minds. And that's the essence of today's message. It is time to make up your minds. But first, let's listen to this wonderful hymn done by Manuel Escorcio, entitled, How Great Thou Art. My sin. 
Let us pray. Yes, indeed, Lord, God Almighty, how great Thou art. In Your greatness and in Your goodness, You've given us so much, including one more Friday evening, yes, one more, one more Sabbath Moons broadcast. And we praise You today. And as we begin, we're just opening our minds and our hearts to You so that we can hear what You want to say to us. Bless each person who's listening today. I ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our key verse for today comes from 1 Kings chapter 21 and verse 18. 1 Kings 21 verse 18. And it says thus, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. As we begin reflecting on this verse, let me take you back just a few hundred years from the time when those words were spoken, so that you appreciate the message as it sounded in the ears of Elijah's listeners. Stay with me, please. Let's, let's travel back to ancient Egypt, where the Israelites once lived, and from where they were delivered and brought to the land of Palestine, known back then as Canaan. Now, in Egypt, the Egyptians served many gods. I have some of the names here, such as Ra, Amon, Osiris, Isis, Seth, Horus, Mut, Nut, Thoth, Knum, Ta, Nephthys, Nekbeth, Sobet, Sechment, Selket, Reshpu, Wajet, Anubis, Anukis, Seshmu, Meskind, Hemsut, Tefnut, Heket, and Mafdet. Oh, I did pretty well getting through those names. <laughs> the chief of the gods at the same time was Ra, and he was the master of the universe in their beliefs. There you go, many gods, but none of them was actually the true God. So when you read in Exodus chapter 5 and verse 2, that Moses goes into Pharaoh's palace and says to him, Thus says Yahweh, let my people go. You can appreciate why Pharaoh asked rather pompously, And who is Yahweh that I should let Israel go? I do not know Yahweh, and I will not let Israel go. I mean, Pharaoh could look up and down the list, and he would simply not see that name. 
And if this God existed at all, he certainly was not as powerful as Ra, the master of the universe. But then Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, used ten terrible plagues to put the Egyptian monarch and his gods to shame. They were utterly helpless against Yahweh's almighty power. Pharaoh eventually had to throw his hands up in defeat and say, Okay, get out! Get out! Go serve your God! <laughs> and Yahweh guided his people across the desert, through the Red Sea, and uh, uh, through the desert onto Mount Sinai, where he gave them his commandments and his laws. But watch this. The very first commandment that he gave them said what? Ah, you shall have no other gods before me. Hmm. Let me sound a warning here. Uh, there is only one true God, one Lord, Yahweh, sometimes referred to as Jehovah, the creator of heaven and earth. And he does not tolerate rivals. And when he says you shall have no gods before me, he really means besides me. You either serve him with all your heart or you don't serve him at all. I don't know how people can do it, how one man can share two women or two, well, one woman share two men. I just don't know how they can do it, okay? I wouldn't want to share my sweet wife with anybody. And trust me, I'm sinful. So just think about a holy God, I tell you. He, he does not like this rivalry. If I could put it in my own terms, he gets jealous of the competition. And that's something he reminded Israel of time and again. Worship only Yahweh, the only one true God. As a matter of fact, I'm told that every Israelite was taught to recite Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 to 9, which starts something like this in the Hebrew. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, which says, Hail Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he continues by saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. It was Yahweh and Yahweh alone, the only true God. And they learned that. They recited it and they followed, they believed it. But somewhere along the line, they went astray, and Elijah had to call them back. That's the essence of our message today. But I'll come back after this song, which says, God and God alone. Stay tuned.
listening to Faith FM. This is Sabbath Moods with Pastor Erickson Fabian, a broadcast of the Seventh Adventist Church in Rockingham. I'm going to play another instrumental number. This one is called I Worship You, Almighty God. And then we'll come back to our theme. Stay tuned. Welcome back, friends. And our topic today, stop limping. And I was saying that the Israelites were taught to worship and serve the one true God, the God of the ancestors, Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. He was also the one who had revealed himself to Moses as the I am. I am that I am. Now, before Moses died, he warned Israel 
Don't go following the disgusting practices of those nations that the Lord is driving out before you. Don't burn incense. Don't erect poles and plant groves to these gods. Don't bow down before them. And don't let your children pass through the fire. Please, don't do any of these things. If you do, God's anger and jealousy will burn against you. He will punish you. He will smite you with diseases of all kinds. Foreign troops will invade your country and carry you away as prisoners. Famine will force you to eat your own children. Your beautiful country will become a wasteland. Your name will be like a proverb in the mouth of the other nations. Ah, oh, that didn't sound too good, did it? No. But God was trying to show them that there are consequences to turning away from Him and forfeiting His blessings and protections. Now let's go a little deeper here. Let's talk about the gods that the other nations worshipped. All those nations around the Israelites, spread out over the territory of Canaan, each had their own gods. In Syria, there was Rimmon. In Sidon, there was Baal and his wife, Ashtoreth. The Phoenicians worshipped the god Molech. And they used to sacrifice their children. They used to walk them through fire. Man, that's something. The Philistines used to worship Dagon. And then there was Milcom. And there was also Chemosh, who was worshipped by the Moabites. So there were many gods in all the nations around. Now, after Moses died and his successor had to settle the Israelites in Palestine, he challenged them to remain faithful to the God of their ancestors, Yahweh. And so we read in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, he says, Choose for yourselves this day whom you are going to serve. Now, when you consider all those gods all around them, there was a lot to choose from, wasn't there? There was a god for fertility, one for rain, one for good harvest, one for victory in war, you name it. There was a god for everything. And they were all competing for the attention of the Israelites. These were all Baals, because the word Baal meant Lord or Master. And put together, they used to be called Baalim. Now, so here's where we get to the, the captivating story of Elijah. Hmm. The Bible says in a New King James Version that it happened when Ahab, who was the king of Israel at that time, saw Elijah. Ahab said to him, Is that you, O trouble of Israel? And the prophet answered, well, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now hear me today, friends. Whenever we forsake the commandments of God, we are inviting trouble. Be sure of one thing. You may disobey, and for a while it may seem that everything is going pretty fine. Oh yeah? Well, you wait. Friends, God is not pleased with disobedience. And as sure as he's got on the throne, the disobedient have their day coming. That is true, without a doubt. Well, let's take another musical pause. I'm going to come back right after this instrumental, which is entitled Trust and Obey. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. I'm Pastor Erickson, and our topic for today is Stop Limping. Now, Israel's second king, the first king was Saul, the second king, David, he kept the country on a straight course, meaning that he was following Yahweh and keeping his covenant. But his son, Solomon, didn't. And according to the book of 1 Kings chapter 11, we read that King Solomon loved many foreign wives besides Pharaoh's daughter. His wives were Moabites and Ammonites and Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites. Now verse 4 tells us that as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to Yahweh his God as the heart of David his father had been. Verse 5 says he followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did exactly what he was not supposed to do. Well, God's response was swift and sure. First Kings chapter 11, the same chapter, verses 31 to 33, God announced that he was going to rip the kingdom out of Solomon's hand, leaving him with only two tribes, just for David's sake. And he was handing the ten tribes to his servant Jeroboam. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's really sad, friends. Jeroboam only made matters worse. He set up his own system of idol worship in the north, which really made God angry and upset. And from that time on, whenever the name of Jeroboam the king was mentioned, the comment that followed was, he made Israel to sin. From there, every king of Israel seemed to do only worse. Talk about a downhill slide? That was one of them. Friends, there are two serious lessons in this. Number one, King Jeroboam started the slide, going after false gods. And it seems that none of his successors was able to stop it, at least not till the time of Elijah. So watch this, watch this. If as a parent you do not serve God faithfully, you cannot expect your children to do so. If as a leader you don't serve God faithfully, neither can you expect your followers to do so. Secondly, it is a very serious matter when our parents and leaders take us down a path of disobedience. There is really no telling how much damage can be done. It may take decades and even several generations to fix the problem. A man of God has to step in, and that's where Elijah comes in. It is the time of Ahab, who is described as the most wicked king of them all. He had gone after the Baals and Ashtoreth. So Elijah announces God's judgment. There will be no rain or dew on the land for a few years until I say so. And friends, the land suffers under the curse of that heaven-sent drought. Three years and six months, not a drop of rain, only hot, blazing sun. The plants wither, the streams dry up, the livestock die, people go hungry. It is a national crisis, a desperate situation. Why? Because God's people had forgotten the Shema. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. They had forgotten that, and they had gone after the attractions of the surrounding nations. They had put someone else in God's place. Whereas God had said to them, You shall have no other gods before me. Well, Elijah, whose very name speaks of the power of God, comes back onto the scene just as mysteriously as he has disappeared. And that's three and a half years later. And he invites King Ahab and all of Israel to a showdown on Mount Carmel. Yep, let's go, let's go. And the king and 450 prophets of Baal, false prophets, another 400 from Asherah, along with a curious mob, they scaled the slopes of Mount Carmel, eager to see what was going to happen. Well, once they got there, gazing on what once were slopes covered with lush green vegetation, those slopes now dry and barren. When they got there, Elijah asked the question that rings through the corridors of time all the way down to us in the 21st century. He says, How long will you halt between two opinions? If Yahweh be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. They were speechless on Mount Carmel. <laughs> now, I deliberately chose the King James Version because I want to let you know that for decades, I never understood the meaning of the word halt. How long will you halt? I thought it meant to stop, you know, the old English word stop. But no, halting there means limping. Limping. It's like a bird hopping from one branch to another. It says, it's not like uh, a dog with a, like a broken leg. Lip dip, lip dip, you know, off and on, off and on, you know, can't walk properly, a steady gait. As a matter of fact, Young's literal translation puts it this way. And I quote, till when are you leaping on the two branches? If Jehovah is God, go after him. And if Baal, go after him. <laughs> verse Kings 18, verse 21. And so friends, today the message is also to us. You can't be uh, dilly-dallying. You can't be uh, wavering. You, you can't be vacillating here and there. You, you either take a stand for God or you don't. You can't remain in limbo. But I wish to say, it is time. It is time to take a solid stand. It is time to say, I will serve Yahweh, not all the other bells that are calling for my attention. All those things that claim to be mighty powers in in other people's lives and trying to usurp the power and the position of Yahweh in my life. It is time to take a stand. So I ask, what will your choice be? Will you serve Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of Moses? Or will you continue to serve the other more important persons and things? I invite you to think about these questions as you listen to the next song. Stay tuned.
This is Faith FM, and you're listening to Sabbath Moons from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, let's enjoy the next song before we get back to our theme. It's entitled, O Lord, My Lord. So, welcome back, friends. I hope you've given serious thought to the questions that I asked before the musical pause. Hey, it's true. You, you, you cannot remain in a limbo. You cannot remain undecided or neutral. You need to take a stand. And so my question is, what will your choice be? I believe that it makes God sad when he looks at you and me sometimes and wonders, why can't they just get it right for once? But that's just my human thinking, okay? Why is Pastor Eric so wavering? 
Why doesn't he just fully commit himself to me? Why is Sister Jane still holding back from serving me with all her heart? Why, why, why does she have another God, some bail in her life? Why is Brother James so afraid to show that he's a Christian when he's on the job? What's he doing with that other sweetheart in his life? You know, I wonder if his job has become more important to him than I am. Why Sister Jackie doesn't want to serve me? Has she been distracted by other commitments? Is she too tired to give me some of her time and her energies? The Bible says in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that, of course, was the opening lines of what the Israelites were saying back in the book of Deuteronomy, Shema Israel. Now, if there's one thing I want you to remember today, it's this. Love God supremely. Love God fully. Don't let anything else share his place. More questions. Are there any bells in your life? Any? Think about it. Very, very important. What's occupying the space there? If there's something there that's taking the place of God, then I say get rid of it. If it's more than one, get rid of them. Yahweh says, you shall have no other gods beside me. In any case, he has done so much for you. He has given you his all. And I think he deserves your all in return. Don't you agree? Stay tuned. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No none go with me. Still I will Behind me, the cross before 
wasn't that an absolutely beautiful song with an absolutely important message? One way, and that's forward. Forward, no turning back. Friends, I want to make a special appeal today. Someone listening might need to make a first-time commitment to Jesus. Someone knows that they've not yet committed their lives to Christ, but they're holding back. Maybe you are wavering. Maybe you are hopping on the two branches. Something is getting your attention. The attention that must go to the one true God and God alone. Maybe you've tried to do things your own way, but you've only ended up right back where you started. I ask you, how long will you limp between two positions? Would you like to stop the limping today? Would you like to just let go and let God? Would you like to take a stand by faith saying, Lord, I want to love you with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul and with all my strength? If you would, then in the name of Jesus, I ask God to bless you right now, right now. Or maybe you have already committed, but you would like to make a renewed commitment. You are there, but yeah, you're not fully committed. There's another sweetheart in your life, so to speak. There's a Molech, a Rimmon, a Dagon, a Baal, somewhere in your experience, and it's causing a spiritual drought. It may be a belief, an attitude, an interest, a relationship, an unresolved conflict, a hurt that has not been healed, something that's keeping Jesus at arm's length. You may not actually be worshipping that something, but it has so much of an influence on your life that it's weakening or even destroying your ability to serve God faithfully. Perhaps you've been going around in circles, unable to discover the power that you need. Maybe you have never been able to go deep or to get thick into a spiritual life. Maybe everything is just on the surface. Hey, your God needs you. But so far you've been hopping, hopping, limping, limping along, here a limp, there a limp, everywhere a limping. You know, like the old rhyme says. Well, in Jesus' name, you can stop the limping today. You can today. You can rediscover that first love. You can recommit. You can take a stand. You can say to the Lord, I want to love you with all my heart, my soul, and my mind. And if you're taking your stand today, why not write to me and share the good news with me? I'd love to hear from you. Well, I'll give you my mailing address at the end of the broadcast, so stay tuned. I'll be delighted to hear from you. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will never turn away. Sometimes we remain in the proverbial valley of decision, limping here and there, not committing fully to what we know and who we know. Oh Lord, forgive us. And as we look to you today, as we see Jesus giving his life on the cross of Calvary for us, we are touched by your amazing love. And in return, we desire to surrender our very lives to you. Lord, there are so many voices calling to us, inviting us to make so many choices. Choose this, choose that, choose the other. 
But we say, we declare that nothing compares to the love that you have for us. And so we choose you this time. And we will choose you again and again. It's for good. No more limping. No more hopping. No more valley of decision. We choose you now, today and for always. Amen. Amen. In a world of many choices, midst the call of many voices, when they all call out to greet me, I turn my eyes to thee, cause I found in him a loving friend who stays with me till the very end. Yes, I found in him a faithful guide. He calls me his very own. I choose you again and again. I choose you again and again. You mean so much to me, dear Lord. I choose you again. I choose you the call of many voices when they all call out to greet me I turn my eyes to thee cause I found in him a loving friend who stays with me till the very end yes I in him a faithful guide. He calls me his very own. I choose you again and again. I choose you again and again. You mean so much to me. Yeah.
Been listening to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh day Adventist Church in Western Australia. The Rockingham Seventh day Adventist Church meets every Saturday morning from 9 15 at number 21 Wanless Street in Rockingham for Bible study, fellowship, and worship. We also have a small group Bible study and prayer on Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8. You're welcome to visit us whenever our doors are open. If you've been blessed by this broadcast and you'd like to drop us a line, then please feel free to do so. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 368, Rockingham, WA 6168. You can also visit our website, rockingham.adventist.org.au. You can find us on Facebook, or you can leave us a message on telephone number 476 416740 I'm glad that you were able to tune in today, and I invite you to catch the broadcast next Friday afternoon at this same time, right here on Faith FM. So until then, this is Pastor Erickson on behalf of the Rockingham Church saying, May God bless and keep you. Take care and bye-bye.